Big tech bullying or just good business? So that's what we want to talk about tonight on Small Talk. I appreciate you all joining us tonight. I already have a good crew of people that are tuned in, and uh, I appreciate that. Tonight, my guest is Justin Strickland, always a favorite on Small Talk. Justin, just the other day, I was telling my buddy Craig that you were going to be on, or I I told him I was going to try to get you on, and he's, man, I really like that guy. So this is just what happened. I really like listening to him. This is what always traditionally happens whenever I say who the guest is. Mm-hmm. Everyone tells me how wonderful the guests are. No one ever yeah. says they enjoy listening to me. So that's good. That's fine. That's why I've got to get. Well, they know you're like, going to be on, George. Right, 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 yeah. right. My name is on it. All right. So um, uh, to start off with, um, I wonder if, and you, and you can let me know if you're watching this live. Maybe you're watching it for the first time on Facebook. Justin, we'll see how long we yeah. last here. <laughs> you might have to talk in code. I was actually yeah, we, thinking we, that. we very well may. We'll we'll see what happens here. But if you're watching on Facebook, you're watching it live right now. Um, this is an interactive show, so feel free to make your comments. And uh, as you do, I can always put them up on the screen. First comment of the night: Glenn letting us know that he is there. And uh, Debbie is with us as well. So feel free to share your comments. And so I'm wondering, will you remember where you were, what you were doing when you saw the Capitol riot? You know, is it, does, is it something that rises to that type of uh, uh, high level of his, historic event that's taken place in your lifetime that you will always remember? There's certainly things that I remember, just a few of them. Uh, I'll always remember the Challenger uh, when it blew up. Where I was, um, I, I will say that I would. Yeah, because you probably weren't born yet. Um, I was, but <laughs> you're a little young. Yeah, uh, I was in elementary school. Um, I remember very well when Barack Obama gave his acceptance speech when he was elected president of the United States. I uh, I remember very well, of course, and who doesn't. The events of 9-11. Right. It's just like a, a movie reel inside of right. my head. Uh, I'll never forget that. Just little details, right? right? So here I am last week. I'm sitting on the couch. Uh, Justin, where were you? you? Do you think you're going to remember this? Yeah, oh, yeah. I was I was actually at in my office, which um, here last um, couple weeks, I haven't been in my office much because I've been working on um, one of our projects at the church, I have three building projects going on right now, but one of them I'm actually in the process of right now. And, um, it, that's, that's a good, that's a good one too there. Yeah, uh, I hate to interrupt one. you, but Meredith's oh, got a really excellent. good one. I, I will remember that it was late in the night. Yeah. I remember that. I remember where said, I was. I was sleeping. I was too. I, I woke man, up. Yeah. I did too. I don't even remember how I woke up. Meredith might be able to help us remember. I don't remember how I woke up, but I remember, uh, I think Obama coming down the hallway, I believe, into the East Room to make that announcement. And it was just so powerful. But uh, go, go ahead, Justin. That was, so, that was um, a good point to make. Anyways, I was in my office and I just started. I noticed it. I was watching some of the proceedings going on because I was um, interested in listening to the debate and different stuff. Just kind of want to see how that would play out. And um, 
all of a sudden I just saw that the, they were storming the Capitol. And I said, uh, what? They're storming the Capitol. And at that point, it didn't look like they were storming the Capitol. It looked like they were just on on you know the, the outer court of the Capitol. And then they started showing other stuff. And then I saw, I remember uh, shots fired in, in the House chamber. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know? Um, and that, that's basically what I remember. I, I can't say it was near as eventful for me as nine 11, um, or the, the, uh, the, the capture and, and killing of Osama bin Laden. I think those were definitely more eventful for me personally. Um, obviously this is an, an event that forever changed the history of the United States. We, we will always remember it. I'm sure it will change security protocol forever in, in uh, the United States, specific, specifically in Washington, D.C. So um, I, I think all of those things are true. But for me, it wasn't like a moment where I was like, oh, my gosh, let, you know, um, I'm pulling all my money out of the stock market. That, it, it was nothing like that as 9-11 was for many people. Yeah, it wasn't. It didn't rise to that level for me either. I, I, I can't say it any more perfectly than what you just did. I will certainly always remember it. Um, yeah, we can get to some, maybe some of the implications of it, uh, yeah. as we get into, uh, talking about big tech here in just a minute. Um, but, but one of the things I immediately thought was, you know, one day I'm going to want to take my grandchildren to the Capitol. Will I even be able to go in there? Right. I, I actually did think of that. Yeah. I said, I wonder if you're ever even going to be able to tour it. You know, um, if you recall, I don't remember when they, they remember they stopped you from even going down Pennsylvania Avenue. And before you could, you know, there was White House tours all the time and so on. But I, I, I think it was during the Bush administration they did that. I, I can't recall, honestly. But anyways, the point is, is is now that's even um, something you can't really do. Um, but, you know, now the Capitol might be just another one of those, right? Yeah, very well may. I, mean, I just can't even imagine what it had to be like in uh, earlier times when, you could just go up to the door and knock on the door of the executive mansion, right. AKA the white house. So things will certainly, they'll certainly change. But I will tell you, as I was watching this unfold, I'm on the couch looking, um, at the television, watching this unfold. I see all these people there on the premises of the Capitol. Hadn't really got any coverage yet of any violence that was taking place. And I thought, man, this ain't going to amount to nothing, man. They're just up there making their voice heard. It's, it's not like they're going to go inside. It's not like they're going to be busting yeah. down windows. It's not an Antifa riot. This is not something like what we watched month after month after month last summer. And before you know it, there we have it. Windows being busted. Uh, I only saw one shot. I'm sure there were many. I only saw one shot of people busting open a window uh, yeah. like they, had, they had a stick They one had like a police shield was busting yeah. uh, the windows and, and going inside. And so at that and point, I think for me, my heart just sunk. Like what I, I thought was interesting was I, that shot was obviously quite disturbing, but what was interesting for me was because there's such a mixture there of, of, of people is I saw that they were going through the little um, 
uh, the little dividers, the little barriers, you know, the rope barriers. And they were walking directly down the rope barriers and waving their flags, but just kind of like in a casual walk. And I was like, what are they talking about rioters? You know, because they were still inside the little barriers. Now, of course, that wasn't everybody, but it was um, it that that to me was kind of like, wow, these crazy people. And uh, and but that didn't represent everyone, of course. But yeah, and there's so much that I just don't even know about. What I really can't stand is how immediately people come out and they're absolutely the experts in everything that happened. I can't, I can't, right. I can't stand it. You know, you have all the divisive language about, well, look how they treated all those people compared to how they treated people over the summer. And they just opened up the gates and they, they let them in. And mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, I don't know. I immediately, when someone first told me that, I immediately thought to myself, I don't know what the the security protocols are at the Capitol. I don't know. But what I do know is that the biggest priority had to be keeping senators and congressmen and women safe who were in chambers. I got to imagine that that you could, you could see the line maybe pulling back and retreating as they're getting overtaken because they were not ready for this. And why would they be? What historical um, precedent do we have that, that we could lean on to say, you know what, a bunch of quote unquote conservatives come to the, to, uh, to a rally. We can expect they're going to be smashing windows and storming the Capitol. I mean, what's the perspective that they had to bring to it where they could have foresaw that coming? I don't know. Maybe the Tea Party rallies where a bunch mm-hmm. of old folk were out there on the mall dressed up like their favorite founding father waving flags and then going back to their hotels or back home and leaving the mall cleaner than what it was yeah. before yeah. they no trash on the ground. up. Remember that? There was no trash on the right. ground. It was unbelievable. Yeah. I, what, what historical perspective did they bring to this now, no i, will I don't say, think anyone saw that coming i did see pictures of and of course look there's no way to know you know i guess you can take a picture of anything you want right so um that is funny i thought of that too um but i saw pictures people showing hey this is the truth the media is not showing you and they were showing pictures of the streets and stuff and they were very clean there was no trash there even this uh uh, last Wednesday. So I, I don't know. My thing is, is I'm not so concerned. Don't get me wrong. And, and I need this to be very clear. This was violence in any form is wrong. Violence is, on our government. This is a show where we have to preface. There's lots right? of, pre- there's lots of prefacing here on right. the show. I see it coming now. Yeah. Well, I got something else. That's where sense. society is right now. Adam yeah. Carolla talks about this hate. You hate to have to preface something it's Everything. like you know i just want to let i think the example i need my gave disclaimer was, first yeah hey i just want to let you know that i am a husband um i am the father of a teenage girl um so yeah. you know but i just got to tell you that maybe the future is not just female you know like you just got to preface everything yeah. you know what i mean so i want to say this um Speaking of prefacing, and and I'll go back to what I was saying there, but you know, here's the thing that has really hit what has come attack on me to a little bit, and some of it's been very subtle, and like like I'm not smart enough to know what they're what they're doing. Um, others have been quite forward with it, but on particularly clergy, 
you know, pastors, priests, um, prophets, whatever, evangelists, whatever you would call, you know, all the 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 ministerial um, uh, offices. The cloth. The cloth. Yeah, the cloth. It has been pushed. They have been pushed around and told that they should never be political. And if you say anything that would be considered political, you are immediately hit with, you should just stick to telling people about Jesus. You should stick to spreading the love of Christ. You should stick, and look, I agree. That is my, my main thing. The gospel is the most powerful thing I have on the planet, and it is the most powerful thing I have in my arsenal. But let me tell you this. Jesus was extremely political. John the Baptist was extremely political. Isaiah, the prophet, was extremely political. All of these cats were extremely political, not to mention guys like George Whitefield, who was extremely political. Martin Luther King Jr. was extremely political. And a list of actual Presbyterian, Catholic, um, uh, uh, Anglican, uh, many other different Protestant type of, of clergymen who were in a part of the American Revolution. It is absolutely an attack on the voice of of the cloth, all of these people who are coming out and telling their pastors to not be political. Listen, pastors absolutely should be political, not partisan. They should be political, not partisan. And I don't think that they should engage or be prone to conspiracies. However, they need to be political. If it's our job to speak truth, we should be speaking truth at every, uh, at every level. You know, it um, absolutely, you know, and it goes back to Old Testament in Amos, um, uh, chapter five, verse ten, where he says they they uh, are uh, they silence the ones at the gate and they abhor the ones who tell the truth. That those were the prophets who actually spoke out against the politicians. The gate being the place where the politicians sat, and they said, "You silence the people who sit at the gates." It absolutely drives me crazy that people on my friends list and people all over who come after preachers who get political because they don't agree with their politics. Listen, I don't preach my politics from the pulpit. I don't uh, preach partisanship ever. I try not to be partisan at all. Don't get me wrong. I have preferences. But the point is, is truth should always be accompanied by a preacher. And and the trouble is, is we're in a nation where we have held the, the, the clergy hostage. It's a spirit of Jezebel. It's uh, a, a spirit of intimidation and silencing, trying to silence the men and women of the cloth. And I'm telling you, that is the downfall of this nation when you begin to silence the men and women of the cloth. So anyways, that's my rant. But and that's the the, the preface there. But the point is, is going back to what we were saying is, you know, I'm not so scared. Don't get me wrong. All of that was wrong. All of that was, you know, you can't storm the Capitol. I mean, give me a break. You can't do that. You, you know, um, what was going on on the floor of the Capitol at that time is constitutional and was what they were fighting for. So Yeah, and, and that's what drives me nuts is that you have all these corporations now that are coming out and they are trying to hold these congressmen and senators accountable for what was actually a legitimate yeah. function of government. And these, listen, these guys knew that they're not going to be able to hold up the certification of, of the vote. All right. They, they right. knew that. Uh, and maybe they were just scoring some political points. Maybe they were really um, 
of the belief that they had to stand up for their constituents back home. Maybe the phones have been ringing off the hook in, in their no office. I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. The, the reality is that there was a process and that process right. was going to play out and Joe Biden was going to be certified and then yeah. we're going to move no on. What. No matter but, what. But it's, it's still just, a constitutional process. Allow it to play out. Move on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just move on. Well, you don't have to make hay about it and make a bigger deal of it. But the problem is, this is politics. And the bigger deal you can make out of it, the more political points you can score. Like Rahm Emanuel said, never let a crisis go to waste. If we yeah. don't have a crisis, then let's just create a crisis. Let's create a crisis out of what is a legitimate constitutional process. Let's now call it a crisis and, uh, and treat it with with all of the um uh you know indignant fervor that a crisis would 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 require i guess well, it's just absolutely uh appalling that they just created a mess out of, and by, by the way we also have a president who can do the same thing right, right. That, that that guy amplifies stuff to no end and so that's not helpful either and i guess justin for me at the end of the day I, you know, I said on this show a long, long, long time ago, this is episode like 47 now, probably within the first five, Reggie and I were talking and I said, you know, I think for me, one of the most important principles or values that I have is I just want to be helpful. Right. Okay. I'm not always, not always. I mean, I just said to a good friend yesterday who shall rename, uh, name, uh, remain nameless on this podcast. I told him, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. What you just said right now, stupid. You know what I mean? I, I told him that yesterday. Like, that is, that's not yeah. helpful. That's, that, you know, that kind of weighed on me today. Man, I shouldn't have done That wasn't helpful. I always want to be helpful. Right. And at a minimum, can't we just say, smashing glass, going in there, getting your selfies, rioting on the Capitol step. All, it's not helpful. And now we have all this fallout. More loss of liberties, more, like I said, I don't know if I'll even be able to take my grandkids to the Capitol one day to show it to them. Well, the thing I say is, you know, like I said, I think it was a missed opportunity to hear exactly what guys like Senator Ted Cruz were saying, like Matt Gates were saying, you know, those guys were dropping some bombs and it's like, listen, that is to me and, and I would rather watch that than a movie. I mean, sincerely, not the chaos. That's not what I mean. I'm talking about what happened on the floor. And the reason why is, is because that is who makes us who we are, is good spirited debate, speaking our mind, saying what, you know, and and I'm a, I'm a, a, a firm believer in, we are only as good as our information. Okay. Um, you know, my, one of my greatest mentors is, is pastor Ronnie and I'm not using him for anything here, but I'm just saying in in this case, one thing he says all the time, he says, you're only as good as your information. And it's the truth. The more information we have, the more, the better we can, we can judge something, the better we can understand something. And that is the main importance of, of freedom is of speech is you have to get all of that information in the market. You have to get it out there so that people can make decisions for themselves, so people can hear the truth, so people can uh, can discern for themselves what is and what is not. You know, when we censor things, the problem is, is we can sway it, we can push it, and we go one direction, and nobody ever knows where the true line lies. You have to know that the more information you have, 
the the better and the closer to the actual truth and honesty you can get. There is never anything good that comes out of censoring someone. You cannot. I mean, let them. Okay, so so let's let's something. let's say okay, censor them for what reason? Like, what would they say is the overall reason that we need to quiet these voices? For what right. reason? Well, what, because what, it does what do not. Think? Yeah. And, and, and from, if I, you know, I'm only assuming, okay. I, 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 of course I, I can never, this is one of the reasons why you can't prove, um, you know, what, wh how, if someone hates someone, right. You can't prove a hate crime necessarily because you don't know what the person's thinking. I don't know what they're thinking. I have no idea what their motives are. Motive is, is, a, is a difficult thing to prove. However, if, if I was just a, person examining what what i perceive it is very clear that big tech favors one side of of the aisle it's very clear okay number two is if they are consistently censoring only one group why is that why would they only censor one group because it they don't agree with them because it doesn't line up with with what they feel like america is because they don't line up with politics. And, and here's the deal. Here's, here's the problem with it is total hypocrisy, such as the Ayatollah can tweet right now. Kim Jong-un can tweet right now. Farrakhan can tweet right now. I mean, give me a break. These guys can tweet, but the sitting president of the United States cannot tweet. And I want to be clear on this. It's not a, a, a partisan issue. It, it is not. There is a bipartisan bill on the House floor right now. It, 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 they, they have not brought it to vote, but there is a bipartisan bill sitting there saying the repealing of Section 230. Okay? And they want to address this issue of censorship. And the reason why is, is because now you look at these... Um, Oh, that model. There's a model in in Emily Radage, uh, whatever her name is. I can't say her last name, but anyways, she just came out and she hates the president. She said this is a problem. You cannot censor the the sitting U.S. president. You can't censor people like this. This is a problem with big tech. Elon Musk. He now he's been showing some trends towards the other way that, that lately. But the point is, he said you cannot do this. How about Angela Merkel, the Chancellor of Germany? saying this is a major problem. I mean, guys, this is a major there's problem. A, you know it's a major problem when there's a lawyer from the ACLU that came out and actually said that this is problematic. Well, and then well, I just I saw that the I Catholic think, League just came out against the ACLU because they 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 actually came out, they they backed down off of that lawyer. They actually kind of like pushed him down, say, hey, you can't be saying this. Well, uh, I think that there are some people out there that have enough wisdom to see that at some point, that pendulum might swing in the other direction, and you're not going to like it too well. And that, that's what we always have to keep in mind is the, is the long view that if you start this type of censoring, where's it ultimately going to end up? One of the immediate problems is that the people are not going to shut up. People are not going to change the way they think, they feel. They're, they're, those people that were up there at the Capitol acting like fools and doing what they did and, and set us back and just it was horrendous. And Justin, I'd even go even further and I'd say the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's okay. Right. So what I always do, I think about that all the time. Wherever I see killing, stealing, or destroying, 
Yep. Even if you're someone who doesn't believe in you know, the thief, uh, right, Satan, whatever. as a, the personification of evil, let me just give you the new uh, small talk version of the Bible. Evil is stealing, killing, and destroying. That's and so right. what I watched on my television set at the Capitol, that was evil to me. Right. That, that's exactly what it was. And so it, that's the blatant... That's the blatant, um, in my opinion, that's the blatant attack on our democracy. It's And then you have the subtle attack on our democracy is what big tech is doing right now. You have two things that are happening. You have a blatant attack on our democracy where people are actually using their hands. Uh, I, I don't know that there were very many weapons used, but their hands and and uh, they were breaking glass and 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 you know, stealing stuff. Uh, I, Nancy Pelosi's lectern, whatever, you know, that I love what that guy's lawyer said. He goes, I'm not a magician. <laughs> he said, yeah. We got him know, on video. He's yeah, holding it. He's got yeah, it. Yeah. I'm not a magician. Right. But right. you have that. That's the blatantness. Okay. That's the out there in your face. We, we know, but then you have this subtle uh, thief that is in the night that's working in the night. And he's taking away your freedoms and your 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 opportunity at democracy. And people don't get that. They they say, you know, well, free speech. Well, who who decides what is is free or not? Now, let's be clear. The Constitution. OK, the Constitution decides that it it, it specifically protects people in the case of free political speech, that is literally why the First Amendment was written, is free political speech. I can even go back to who its original founder is, a guy by the name of John Wilkes, not John Wilkes Booth, John Wilkes. John Wilkes is a is a British character who um, founded the North Britain newspaper, and he founded it as a satire against the Britain newspaper, which was a pro-government newspaper. And the whole point of it was, is he was criticizing King George III and he was coming out against him saying all of these things that King George III was doing. So King George the, 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 the III actually um, charged him with seditious libel, came after him, had him arrested on a general warrant, which if you know what a general warrant is, um, you be in law enforcement and you know what that is, but a general warrant basically says, I can go into your house for no apparent reason and just turn over everything. I don't have to have specifics about it, that I'm going there to look for this document or this weapon or this paraphernalia. I'm going to get I, you on something. Yeah, but I'm going to get you on something. So that's what happened. So out of that, John Wilkes actually defeated the in or won in the court system. They actually dropped the charges originally. Okay, they dropped the charges. They said, all right, just shut up and drop the charges. He wasn't good enough or he wasn't good with that. He said, no, I'm not going to just shut up. I'm not going to just stop. This is wrong. One, you were trying to stop me from speaking. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of me saying? What is it that, that, that anytime somebody silences you, what are they afraid of you saying? Why does it concern them so much? Okay. So they... um. He he ends up fighting in court, but he becomes this folk hero. He actually inspires the American Revolution and inspires uh, one of the Bill of Rights, and that is the First Amendment. That is that you have the right to free speech, 
freedom of the press. You have the right to freedom of religion. He was also a, a religious freedom advocate. In other words, he didn't just want the Church of England. He was for, you know, multiple different uh religious backgrounds. And that is why we have those things because people had to fight for it. People had to, had to get out there in the public square and say, no, this is wrong. And when I say fight, I don't mean with hands and, and uh, bats and, and weapons. They actually got out there and they, they talked in the public square. They got out there and shared their information, their ideas and allowed people to understand what was going on. Well, that's the problem when media has moved from Let's face it, media has moved really from paper and print to digital. Which well, we might be going back. Oh, yeah. Well, it creates this conundrum, George. What happens is, is anything that a newspaper outlet, so like, for instance, and I'm just using them, and I love the Chronicle, and I love the people at the Chronicle. One of uh, the reporters at the Chronicle is a dear friend of mine, Mike Wright, but they, um, and he is awesome, but the, the point is, is, is for instance, the Chronicle, anything that the Chronicle actually publishes online is not, does not fall under, under the same guidelines as what they do in print. Okay. It comes under section 230 because it's online. So therefore they can't be sued for libel. They can't be sued for slander in the case of what people produce on there. So that protects them. The other side of it is, is they have the free reign to moderate. They can pull it off if they don't agree with it. Now, of course, the Chronicle is pretty good about all the letter, letters to editor and all of that. They're really good about allowing that out. I'm not saying, you know, that might not be a great uh, example. But the point is, is that's how things change when you now put it online. Now it falls under this, this rule called Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which mine 230 was written in, guess when, George? 1996. Guess who? Guess who our internet our internet big players were then. Remember, uh, Ash uh, Jeeves. Oh yeah. Remember that one. Yep. Some uh, some AOL. Yeah. Yeah. But so what I'm saying is is Section 230. If it were not for Section 230, we would not have Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Instagram, um, Google reviews, Yelp, uh, TripAdvisor. It's very important that you understand that. Without 230, we would not have that because they would. These companies would not, you know, open themselves up to that liability. It's amazing how much money you can make if you don't have to worry about being sued. That's the truth. Isn't that amazing? That's the truth. So, you want to know what tort reform would look like? You want to know what it would look yep. like if, if you were able to run your business and if free from the, the worry of someone tripping in the parking lot? Like and, you mean healthcare? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yep. So you want to make healthcare cheaper? There you go. So, but here's the deal is it also gave them the ability to self-moderate. They didn't fall under the FCC uh, regulations. Now, FCC, obviously, and I don't have to tell everybody this, regulates radio, television, and so on. They do not regulate print. That falls under uh, basically just the court system. Um, the radio, television, and uh, a couple of the small digital outlets fall under the FCC guidelines, which basically means they're under a government regulation and the court system. Okay? So what I 
think, and this is my opinion for doing the research, is Section 230 needs to be repealed and then replaced. You cannot just repeal it. Because if you repeal it, then you will lose all of these public forums like Facebook, Twitter. And as much as I despise what they are doing, as much as I despise what they are doing, we cannot discredit the good that they bring. Like, for instance, what you and I are doing right now. What, what you know, my church is able to do by live streaming. What people are able to do by you. I mean, all of the good things that they do. So... 230 cannot just be repealed. It has to be replaced, okay? And one of those things is, is you put in a protection for libel and slander. But guess what? Guess who else falls under the FCC regulations? The news media. So that whole argument about them being a, um, a, a corporation, a private business, and that's why they get it, that's, that's bogus. That has nothing to do with it because news media is owned by private organizations. Even our regular newspapers are or, are owned by private organizations. So you can do it and do it in a modern 21st century plan. Here's the deal is as long as you allow 230 to stay as is, we are subject to company policy, not the Constitution. I'm sorry, but I can't afford that. Well, and listen, 230 right here in my hands, it, it, it prints up to maybe... It's five pages, four pages at like number 24 font. I mean, there's there's really not a, a whole lot to it. And when you think about when it was created, I mean, just that in and of itself, like where else are you going to find regulations and guidelines on an industry that's four pages long uh, right. just at, at uh, yeah. 24 font here? That doesn't exist. I can tell you the Manatee Tour Company industry isn't that way. Well, we let's not get on manatees here because uh, then we have to go down a whole other Trump route, right? Yeah. The big, the big news here in Citrus County. Yeah, that's a little so, overinflated, by the way. I, I, I think it probably is still ridiculous, but uh, yeah. never let a crisis go to waste. That's true. So I went and printed up uh, not only Section 230, but I also printed up Trump's speech the other day because I didn't watch it. Uh, I'll be honest with you. One of the reasons why I didn't watch it is because I th- I think I heard it before. Okay. Yeah. It's the same speech, warmed over speech that we heard how many times. Right. A, a Trump speech is very predictable. A Trump speech printed is not that easy to read. Uh, actually, you you see how much he meanders around, jumps from topic right. to topic and whatnot, almost like an episode of Small Talk. And <laughs> I, I, I look in here. And I highlighted some stuff. What is he talking about in this in this speech of here of his? So let me just share some of the things that I highlighted here. Mike Pence, President Mike Pence, Mike, Mike. These are all things that I just highlighted. Weak, right. Repu- weak Republicans. That's what they are. There's so many weak Republicans. The weak Republicans. They're they're, they're pathetic Republicans. Uh, a little bit further down, the weak le- Republicans. I really believe it. I think I'm going to use the term "the weak Republicans." He found himself another <laughs> a, <laughs> tagline, a, another tagline there, another moniker. Uh, but you got to get rid of the weak ones. Um, primary the hell out of the ones that don't fight. You primary them. We're going to let. Okay, so uh, let's go even further. Our media—they become the enemy of the people. Um. 
Oh, here's here's a very pivotal line right here at about 18 minutes into the speech. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. He reiterates that a little bit later as well. After he talks about the governor of Georgia and how pathetic he is, I think think that's the word he used. Uh, Here we go. Talking about Mike again. Uh, rhinos and the stupid people that uh, he's listening to, uh, that Mike's listening to. Uh, Republicans got to get a lot tougher. Um, Our fight against the big donors, big media, big tech, and others is just getting started. So we're going to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue, and we're going to try to give our Republicans and give them the kind of Give them the kind of pride and boldness that they need to take back our country. So let's walk down to Pennsylvania Avenue. I want to thank you all. God bless you. God bless America. Thank you for being here. This is incredible. Thank you very much. Thank you. Basically, this is a, a speech that he gave where he talked predominantly about how terrible Republicans are. Right. Over and over and over. Weak, pathetic Republicans. Some by name, generally just talking about Republicans and quote unquote rhinos as just being terrible. Uh, and uh, Mike Pence, I mean, you tell Pence was on his mind, heavily on his mind throughout this whole thing. Uh, he talks about how we're going to go down there. We're going to peacefully and patriotically know, let everyone know where we stand. Give these people some backbone. Listen, man, I got to like, I, I, I want to look in there and just really be honest and find where he incited a riot. Right. I just, I can't find it. Like, I cannot find it. Now, I wish he would stay away from, there's some enemy talk and that sort of thing. Maybe he needs to stay away from that. Um, but well, but we shouldn't be down. looking at, we shouldn't be looking at this, like this, this event existed in a vacuum and that he just got everyone riled up and there they went and he knew exactly what they were going to do and he knew people were going to die and, and all the rest of it. I just don't think that was the case. Yeah. What there we is saw, no case for intent. That's absolutely the What truth. we saw play out, what we saw play out has been building for a long, long time. And so as I was just thinking through it and sort of making some notes for myself on why, what, what frame of mind are those people in? that they would go up there and do that. And just generally speaking, maybe if you're thinking about the stereotypical Trump supporter that's all ginned up, so you know, wh- where's their state of mind? And two things that came to my mind is just hypocrisy that we see amongst our right. quote-unquote leaders. Right. Whether it's COVID type of stuff, whether it's our right. our our Democrat words, going going on vacation when you're telling everybody else to stop to not have uh, Thanksgiving that kind of stuff absolutely that type of thing um, or it is uh, uh, making the case for the rioting that took place over the summer like it, it's okay this stuff needs to happen and all the rest of it and then if. Republicans or conservatives get together just as a, a, as a rally. They are demeaned. They are called Nazis, well, all the rest of it. I would say, though, and, and this is just if I would, um, I, I hate this term devil's advocate, but I will say that there is a, a an enormous group or at least a, a, a faction of Trump voters who idolize him. Yes. And that they 
he says one thing, they hear it times 10. So, you know, that, that reality does exist. And, and we do have to be real with ourselves that that does exist. I'm not saying, don't get me wrong. I, for the most part, I would say, Honestly, I can't think of one policy of his I do not agree with. However, so for the most part, I agree with all of his his policies. I'm grateful for a lot of the things he's done for this nation. Like for one, you know, my taxes are lower. Um, number two, he got rid of the individual mandate. Number three, I feel safer, you know, at the border. You know, there's many different things that, that I can say personally that I agree with. I believe that we had a voice as... Um, um, as religious leaders, we had a voice in the White House. It at least it it um, we felt like we had a voice in the White House. We didn't have to worry about the IRS taking away our five hundred one c three status like we did in the last administration. You know, um, I mean that is that's none of that is conspiracy. All of that is complete fact. So the 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 truth is, there's a lot of those things. However, we do have to realize that there is that faction out there of Trump voters who do idolize him. And I do believe take it up that level because they had never seen somebody come in like this before. They never seen someone come and just take a wrecking ball to the entire political establishment like he has. And so they, what happens is, is, is it, 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 it he has spoken everything they believed for the, for their entire lives that the politicians don't care about them that the politicians can do and profit from what, you know, um, Martha Stewart was put in jail for, you know, that, that there's this, you do, as I say, not as I do kind of status among the politicians in Washington. And all of those voters saw that and they're tired of it. And I don't think that this is the end. And I think, um, that the whole reason why the impeachment, uh, you know, portion is going on is to try to stop him from 2024 because they know he's coming back. They know that he's coming back and they know that they're going to have to deal with him for the next four years being the most influential ex-president on the planet in history. Well, here's one of, here's one line where this is some red meat right here for those people that are standing out there. He said, if this happened to Democrats, there'd be hell all over the country going on. There'd be hell all over the country. But just remember this. You're stronger. You're smarter. You've got more going on. Uh, you've got more going than anybody. And they try and demean everybody having to do with us. It's hard to read Trump. Okay, uh, yeah. just tell you. And, uh, and you're the real people. So right here in this fragment... <laughs> He, he 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 hits on two things that are hitting those people right where they are and that is the hypocrisy that they've watched i mean we watch it play out right on television i mean there's some undeniable facts about people on television stoking riots last summer and making them okay um but but you're not going to see that happen on the other side um, and we're all familiar with the deplorables and these, 
these stupid people who cling to their God and their guns and Nazis and racists and bigots and homophobes, you just go right on down the line. So you've got all of these people out there who feel like they've just been taking it on the chin. They've been demeaned over and over and over and over again. If you ever watch Joe Scarborough, and I don't recommend it, or Morning Joe on MSNBC in the morning, it's like every time he starts talking like a Republican, as when he's mocking them, former Republican, by the way, yeah, he goes into the Southern drawl. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, Donald Trump, he's, back. The, he's the greatest thing that ever was since sliced bread and running water. He's, he starts doing all that type of stuff. And this has been building for a long, long time. So this is a long way to go about saying that this event did not happen in a vacuum. We all know that. Um, it, there, there's, there's outrage that we're all seeing that was absent during the summer last year when there should have been outrage there. And it's a little annoying to me personally, if I say, well, those riots over the summer last year, I, you know, I don't support that. That shouldn't have happened. There's a lot of people that lost their, their businesses, their livelihoods, their, their, um, their communities, their lives. Look at David Dorn lost his life. Yeah. The list goes on and on. Good people who died and all that. I don't support those riots that happened. Yeah. Well, what about the riots at the Capitol? As if they think that I'm going to just jump on board that and say, that's fine. No, that's evil. It's all evil. It's all not helpful. It needs to stop. And Justin, I have a hard hard time seeing it stopping, man. I have a hard, because we don't have leaders that are really willing to do what it takes. And so earlier when I've said to you, what do you think the end goal is? Like, what would these people say is the, the, the laudable goal behind the censorship that's happening. Is it that they think that they will produce more peace and harmony and all this unity no. that Joe Biden's talking about? No, I mean, I actually he came that- in, Oh, unity, unity, unity. Oh, there's been so much unification guys. Let me tell you something. I really, I got to put on my, my boots. There's so much unification uh, around my feet right now. It's absolutely unbelievable. That is, that's not Bogan. the goal. That's not going to happen. And, I've spent 23 years of my life trying to help people make changes that yeah. that would benefit them and be helpful. And Justin, there's this, there's this, there's this idea. It's called the writing reflex. And here's what it is: I decide that Justin is wrong. His behavior is not good. It's not helpful. So I'm going to get him right. And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to try to convince him, or you know, I'm going to try to bombard him with facts. I'm going to try to uh, instill or install change into him. Churches need to hear this, by the way, because you're not going to do it. You will not do it. You're not going to beat the Bible over somebody's head and get get them to surrender. It's not going to happen, right? So if if my daughter, I like her boyfriend, but if I didn't, um, if I got her in her room and said, you know, you're not going to see him anymore. I don't like him. Give her all the reasons why. What's she going to do? Well, she, she's going to just go to him all yeah. the more. She'll double down. She's going to yeah. dig in. So you, so, you, you know, do not make the changes. I would suspect that they would like for us to believe that they're trying to make by taking these actions. You're just going work. to have, it doesn't work. You're going to have people dig in. They're going to cloister together in their own little echo chambers. Oh, the echo chamber. Oh, you only listen to, 
what you want to hear. Well, the echo chamber was like this, and now you just got it like this. Yeah. And you're going to get it like this and like this. And that's how radicalism occurs. And and we just, it's going to crop up one day. So, out of, and well, people are going to be like, I didn't see that coming because you didn't allow people to talk. Yeah. Ronnie Reed says this. He says, you'll never leave a place you are until you see a place you'd rather be. So how are people ever going to leave where they are if they don't see a place they would rather be? The point is, is you can't tell them, oh, where you're at's bad, where you're at's bad, what, what you're doing is wrong, the, the way you think is wrong, the way you think. Well, why? Explain to me why. Instead of just censoring and saying, I'm going to remove all of this by hopefully you'll buy into this. Listen, we're Americans. We're not Chicom. Okay? We, we are Americans. We are not going to fall for that garbage. That's not going to work because we would just create another underground network. We'll do whatever we have to because we free speech is literally number one. Amendment number one. People say all the time that amendment number two protects amendment number one. That's not true. Amendment number one protects amendment number one. It's getting out there, talking about it, telling people, it, you know, yes, getting out there and, and doing those violent things. That doesn't work because that that doesn't tell them that you would that they need to go where you're at because they're looking to run away from that. They're already seeing that. What they need to see is somebody out there that is intelligent, somebody that is that is not only intelligent, but but has the the pathos that can that can come go you know can explain to him hey listen i i know what you're going through i know it but let me tell you why your your thinking is wrong on this here is your, is the reason why you don't want that you know present something to me the the issue is and this is what what i'm is it has nothing to do whether it's donald trump it really doesn't you know they censored how many um how many other conservatives right along with him? And then not only that, but you saw Forbes. Forbes put out their, their senior editor said that he is going to censor all of the people who work for him in his. Yes. So yeah, the, the Trump accountability project, I believe is what it might be called is that they're going to try to make sure yeah. that no one that ever worked for him in his administration ever works in media ever. Yeah. How anywhere, basically. I mean, think about that. Obviously, you could use the analogy if the shoe was on the other foot. But but beyond that, why would anybody ever want to work for another Republican administration again? Why would any intelligent people want to work for another uh, Republican? The good people, if if they thought that if they ever got into another Republican administration, that they could possibly suffer damages for the rest of their life, that their livelihood would be over, that they would never work again. I mean, it's just absurdity. It's it's no longer is it about Democrat or Republican. No longer is it about well. Think if it's on the other foot. Forget that. Think about it. We're humans. We're all humans. We should be able to express our thoughts. We should be able to express our our, our beliefs, our understandings. And what I say to all the the Christians out there who are just like, hey, don't get on that. Don't get on that. Why are you? Why why is it so important to you? And I've had people say, listen, aren't you afraid? I a friend of ours, uh, George said, Justin, aren't you worried about people, what they're going to say about, you know, you talking about this? I said, listen, I'm not going to get out there and, and, and endorse any political candidate. I mean, of course I had endorsed Teresa because she's my friend, but I'm not going to get out there and endorse any political candidate. And I'll say this, 
I am not a guy who votes down the line. Okay. I I'm not a guy who votes down the line. I look at, do they share my same, my same principles? Do they share my, what my wants and desire? Does it look like that, that can I explain this to my children later? You know, I I'm one of those kind of people. Okay. It's no longer about left or right. It's no longer about those things, but why is this so important to me? Because one day, and you can, you can count on this Facebook, in uh, uh, YouTube, Twitter, all of them, they will be censoring churches and pastors, and you better believe it. They will do it because they'll start saying it's hate speech and they'll come against it. Well, guess what? You can't censor, according to the Constitution, hate speech. It's protected. So even if it's not hate speech or even if you declare it to be hate speech, even though the Bible and the gospel is not hate speech, it's actually love speech. But if you deem it to be hate speech, it's still protected under the Constitution. So I would say specifically, that's why we have a First Amendment is for speech that's unpopular. Dead on. That, that's what it's for. That's what it's for. So there's plenty of corporations out there that are now saying we're not going to support any Republican candidates or, or conservatives at this point. Uh, I mean, there, there's some that are just... Maybe for a while, they're not going to give any contributions. There's those like Hallmark, Hallmark, the nice people at Hallmark yes. that write all those greeting cards. Dude. Not only are they saying, we're not going to give the money we gave Josh Hawley, we want it back. At Walmart, did you see Walmart today said that all of them who, uh, who uh, uh, disputed the vote, they're they're uh, done endorsing them and, and sending money to them. So I mean, it's all over. It's a coordinated effort. And and look, but I'm not, I'm not. A, that's okay. It is okay. You, it, it, it's, like Debbie had asked earlier, and and she said something like, "Well, what is that? Let me see. How is that? Uh, how is that impacting the First Amendment now?" Justin, you were you were probably uh, preaching at the moment. I don't know exactly what the context was there, but we can honestly say that private corporations, if they if they choose to say, well, you can't say that or whatever, fine, whatever. It's a private corp- corporation. Yeah, First Amendment has to do with with government. But I got to tell you, we are living in some times right now. What we were talking about when we first came on here, I said we already took the red pill. Yeah. We are so far down the rabbit hole of where in the information age, the age that we're living right now, there are four major dominant players and they're so powerful and our government has given them so much money. I think Amazon didn't even pay any taxes last year. That's yeah. what that's what the liberals tell me anyway, which would not be okay. Um, they're just so powerful. They've got the keys. They've right. got the keys to so many doors. It, and so for me to log on to Facebook and watch people just say, oh, that's a real simple thing. Just don't just don't use their services anymore. Don't use their services. How do you get away from it? How do you get away from it? Especially when all these corporations start piling up. I mean, what am I going to do? I, I guess I'm just going to live off the land over here in my corner lot and then Cambridge Greens go, go plant a garden and stuff. What are you going to do? Yeah. So here's the deal. At that time, it's too late. But it's important to understand the difference between um, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and, you know, Instagram's a part of uh, Facebook. But it's important to understand the difference between them 
and Google and uh, Amazon and so on. That's an, a different deal. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a coordinated effort to come against free speech. And and I'll explain that. But the, the thing is, is Twitter, Facebook, YouTube are now in the media business. Like it or love it, they're in the media business. They have made a lot of profit off of it. So, it, but they are in the media business. Therefore, they should be regulated by the FCC like all other media businesses. And that whole garbage about them being a for-profit business or an individual, and yes, corporations are considered individuals. The Supreme Court has, has ruled on that multiple times. That whole other garbage about them having a right to, to censor as they wish and, and, and do business with whomever they wish, that only works until they became a media mogul. Okay. Fox News, you know, they, they're like, for instance, you can put out a PSA with ABC anytime you want with your local uh, TV station anytime you want. They are now a, our media business. The newspaper, you can write a letter to the editor. Okay. They might change it so it looks more gra grammatically correct. However, they still print it. The point is, is we need freedom of the press no matter what. We need to be able to criticize those whom we have disagreements with. Okay. All of that works. But going back to, to Amazon, I believe, and I believe you'll see this argued that what Amazon did was illegal. Okay. That is criminal. I, it's certainly civilly, they're going to lose. Now, they, that was an antitrust lawsuit. They're going to lose. But I would argue that what Google, Apple, Amazon, what they what they all did was a coordinated effort apart from Twitter and Facebook. That's a different thing. Okay. Google, Apple, and Amazon attacked Parler, which was a network of people. Okay. Of 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 people on there. They and so in my opinion, that is an excellent case for Rico. And if that if 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 Google, Amazon, and um and uh, Google, Amazon, Apple are, are recode, it's going to change this world as we know it. it. Because, first of all, it will shut them down. I hope to God they are recode. Because it, it'll, it, all their assets will be tied up. Everything they are will be tied up. It'll be done. It'll be over with. And it'll forever send a message that you do not mess with free speech. You can't. You cannot do that. You cannot have a coordinated effort. Now, let's face it, Rico. You know, anytime you use a business, an organization for criminal activities, such as a coordinated effort like that, you can be Ricoed. And I think that's exactly what the DOJ needs to do. But we'll see what happens. Well, so what's uh, what's next? I think that we're going to see a move against internet service providers to make yeah. sure that, uh, that, uh, that, that they don't allow conservatism to, to come through in any sort of form or fashion. You're going to well, see, Comcast you're going to see you know. cable, yeah. Cable networks and whatnot. They are, they are basically going to be told that if you allow Fox news, uh, on your, uh, on your platform, and, you know, you're distributing that out there, then you're a Nazi, so you, I don't you know need about a, that. You need to pull Look, Fox News off. Fox the, News. What Rupert was that? Murdoch, Rupert, the Murdoch boys are are 
uh, definitely liberal. So I think you're going to start to see uh, Fox News move a little more that direction. And I think they'll be safe. Um, and then like anything with, with Comcast, you know, that's owned by, well, there's a portion of controlling interest owned by Ted Turner and, and, uh, same thing with CNN. So you're going to see, which they're going bankrupt from what I hear. Uh, well, I think AT&T bought them from, uh, Ted actually, but the point is, is that they'll all be protected. So you're going to see them protected because they're going to start leaning. But that's the problem is that means that's going to squash out that, that, that free thought, that school of free thought of being able to, to share difference of opinions. Listen, we, we need a Democrat party in this country. We need a Republican party in this country. And some would argue we need a libertarian party in this country. Okay. We need those things and we need people that are vocal and people that are, that are, um, you know, that are intellects that can come out and argue why their platform is better than the other. We have to have that. If we don't have that, we're going to lose this country. Well, Justin, I think that the problem is that we have children running the, everything right now. Oh, that's the truth. We have children running everything. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, maybe before the Christmas break, the future's not female. The future's for adults. And the right. problem is we've got children running things. So you look at this latest, I'll just give you one example and then I'll move on because I want to talk about this a little bit more in depth uh, soon. And uh, this Lauren Boebert, I think is her name, that just got elected to Congress. Uh, I, I struggle to remember where she's from. I want to say maybe Colorado or someplace. Yeah, it's Colorado. Is it Colorado? Okay. Mm -hmm. So she puts out this ad where she's strutting herself down the road in D.C. talking about no one's going to tell me I can't carry my gun and all that. And then I listened to her speech in front of uh, Congress, uh, her five minutes on the supporting the objection to mm -hmm. certifying the, the ballots from uh, maybe Arizona, it might have been, or wherever it was from. She was shrill. She's yelling. She's screaming. Like, I had to mute it. I, I just couldn't yeah. listen to it. And I look at her, and I think, this girl wants likes. Yeah. That's yeah, what's going on. That girl wants likes. Yeah. AOC wants likes. We got a bunch of children up there. Yeah. Who want likes and want attention, and I'll tell you, Chuck Schumer's not no different to me. Oh, the, the whole they the whole gaggle of them, they they yeah. just want the likes, and and so we got children up there, a childish sort of mindset, and as long as we have that, we're in big trouble. I, here's what I think might be some of the good things. Uh, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. I think big show, uh, big tech showed us what they can do, right? And that's just the tip of the iceberg, folks. Right. Like. Like Jordan Peterson says, if you think death is the worst thing that could happen to you, you really haven't thought that through much. Likewise, right. I would say, if you think being just banished from the internet is the worst thing, then you really haven't thought that through yet. Right. Because they know everything that you've bought. That's they right. know every place you've been. That's they right. They know everything you've looked at on the internet. They publish it. And they could publish anything they want to about you. So yep, if you ever decide to run. Yep. yep. You decide to be a pain in someone's side, the yep. wrong person at the wrong time. Everything's coming out. And you just freely gave all that to them by clicking yep. accept. And you know what? So did I. So did I. Yep. We we took that red pill. We're very far down this rabbit hole. But at least now we can see. Well, we've seen it now. We know what they can do. Um, I think that maybe I'm hopeful that big tech might have actually forced 
innovators and investors actually start thinking and investing and uh, their, their way around this problem so that they can't just be thrown off of uh, AWS servers. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping there'll be some, some money thrown at that and some, some, well, to my knowledge, they, there is some work. There's some movement on that right now. So I'm, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. And here's the other thing. I think that we can also see in this that Trump did, Trump did not control his hand-picked attorney general, as, right. as liberals want to say. Yeah. Trump's not pulling the string on all of the, the judges that he appointed. You know, right. all the judges that shot him down. Right. We have a beautiful, beautiful system. Yes, it's messy. It's right. It, it, can, it, can, it can be cumbersome and all the rest of it. But the system can work. It can work if we just stop getting in here and finagling it around and trying to tweak it to, to make it just work for my side. Right. You know? And if you listen to that, to his speech today um, at, at the the. Uh, in Alamo, Texas, not at the Alamo. A lot of people thought that was his. If you listen to Trump's speech today, you actually heard that. I mean, if you if people listen, you can see he's committed to a peaceful transfer of power. He's saying this, and he was touting all of his accomplishments and so on. And you know, it's like guys, the system works. That you know, we just gotta use our voice. Don't use your hands. Don't use your your weapons. Lay down all that stuff, but use your voice. Read. I was, uh, you know, this is, I don't know if you can see it, but this is my favorite book right now. My favorite book, okay? It's, you know, that thick, but it's full of stuff like the Magna Carta. It's full of, you know, um, the silence do-good letters. It's full of... Um, uh, the the Federalist and Anti-Federalist papers. It, it, it's just, guys, get out there and read. You know, do some research. Quit listening to the your, your favorite news pundit. Quit listening to your favorite politician. Get out there and read. Reading is the key. Books are the key. Yes, that's exactly right. Yes, this from the man that is the head of the library system he's in Citrus Cat. He's, he's a local home assassin boy too, just like yeah. me. Good dude. Good dude right there. Yes, he is. Uh, I'm I'm reading right now the Jersey Brothers. You ever heard of that book? I have not. Oh, it's a fantastic book, Justin. You would absolutely love it. And uh, it's, it's about three brothers that were all involved in World War II. Oh, so, too cool! I would yeah, love that. Absolutely fantastic. Oh, let me show you this. Uh, I said that I like my daughter's boyfriend. Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is what he got me for Christmas. Justin, have you ever seen this? And we're gonna wrap this up. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Have you ever seen this book? I have not. Okay. So Michael Knowles is one of the guys on the Daily Wire. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and now this book on the back is, uh, you, we have the endorsements on the back like any other book. Uh, Dennis Prager said, I read it twice. Oh, okay. Uh, well, Matt now I know where it's going. Matt Matera said, uh, you will not find a more enlightened defense of liberalism ever. Guy Benson said, uh, insightful yet remarkably easy reading. Uh, Katie Pavlovich says the most efficient way to learn about the issues that Democrats really care oh, about. I know this is they going. must read. And then Andrew Clavin, also one of the guys from the Daily Wire, said the reasons to vote for Democrats can be subtle and complex, but Knowles boils them down to their essence. All right. 
Yeah. <laughs> when you said Dennis Prager and Guy Benson, I knew where it was going, but yeah. Yes, that's absolutely. Fun. I just absolutely love this. And, and I love that it actually has chapters. You know, it has chapters. And then I think the funniest thing about this book, this is not new. This has been out for quite a while. So, but there's, there's actually... A Ford? Oh, there's a bibliography. A, there's a bibliography. Oh <laughs> there's an That's actual hilarious. bibliography that is uh, five pages, five pages long. It's absolutely fantastic. I love That's it. That's funny. I absolutely love it. Well, that would be an easy read. Eleven ninety nine. Eleven ninety nine. The sheer brilliance. I wonder how many. I wonder how how much he's made. Off of this, it doesn't say on here how many. It took him no time. How many are in print? I have no idea. But this is just absolutely brilliant. Oh, Simon and Schuster, who just said that they would not publish Josh Hawley's book as the. Uh, yeah, I know, man. Publishers. Oh. So uh, that's a whole nother. That's a whole yeah. nother topic. Anyway, Justin, I appreciate you coming back. And being on, my, I always enjoy talking to you. Thank you. you. Easy guest to have on too, man. You you get on a roll, and <laughs> I just sit back, man. Let you go ahead and preach, do your thing. But uh, I absolutely love it. Appreciate. It. I know that the people I have been known to filibuster. Listen. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to be going soon too, right? I know, man. No, don't get me started. All right. All right. So we won't go there. All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for for watching. I will say that I texted justin when i asked him i said we'll talk about this for like 35 40 minutes gosh here we are at an hour and 10 minutes i must have missed that part hey go to go to apple podcast while you're able to okay (laughs) and subscribe i actually think that it would be interesting justin maybe like a for for we the podcast minor leaguers what a feather in our cap to get deplatformed. Wouldn't it be yeah. great? It would be really It'd funny. Awesome. It would yeah. be really funny to just be something deep. I could put in my resume. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I do think that I probably should download, make sure I download copies of all of these episodes. And I think, and, and you should do the same, Justin. And we should maybe send them along with our resume to the yeah. Daily Wire or yeah. whoever and say, hey, hey, look what you're missing out on. Hey, we're available. You can bump us yeah. up. We can come I, up out of the minor yeah. leagues. You can put us in the majors. Yeah. I yeah. have no problem getting on with any of those guys and just running my mouth yeah. and asking questions of people. There's no doubt about it. But we do appreciate those of hey, you that watch this. Tag this, and I think it might happen. Hashtag speak freely. There you go. There you go. So so go to Apple while you can. Podcast, Google Play, Spotify. Oh, these people, All these companies are making decisions I don't like. But go <laughs> while you can. And... <laughs> download our podcast subscribe like it give it a five star rating share it with other people um i always love it when you all share this uh podcast this feed uh, on your own personal pages it's awesome so thank you all very much for doing that and uh and thank you facebook thank you yeah. for allowing justin and i to be on tonight for an hour and 12 minutes and That's share right. our viewpoints and we didn't pay anything for that. And so, and so we do appreciate it. That And we should have more of that. We shouldn't stifle that. Yep. We should have more speech. Um, to, so to go back to Jordan Peterson again, he really helped me figure out one of the reasons why we don't want to stifle speech is speech is a form of thinking. 
Yeah. So you're thinking one thing, you sit down, you talk to someone, you talk it through, you go back and forth, back and forth. And the next thing you know, you're at a whole different conclusion than what you started with. Speech is a form of thinking. If you stifle speech, you stifle thought. And I would I recommend bad proposition. All of the the people who may have come on late, they I really suggest you you go all the way to the beginning um, and watch the whole thing because um, um, I think some good content came out tonight. And and the deal is is we not only need to repeal Section two thirty, replace it because it Facebook and YouTube and all of those other platforms have made it possible for us to do things like this. So we do understand and, and recognize the importance of those platforms. We just need some uh, accountability. Absolutely. All right. Good night, everyone. See you next Tuesday, 8 PM for more small talk. Thank you, George.